Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. It's a bye week for the Colts. And to talk about that and more in the words of Chris Ballard that we heard from yesterday. With the Colts general manager, Mike Chappell, joins us. You were covering the Colts then, right? I mean, you only covered high school basketball in Anderson when it was still the two-point shot, right, Mike? Right. Yes. No dunks. I'd, yeah. I'd love to have seen a season with Ray Talbert dunking the ball, but you couldn't do that. So, yeah, it was, it was a different time. Well, you covered some of the best, most glorious high school basketball in Anderson at that time that we have seen, really all time. I would love to have seen Mark Barnheiser drained in threes. Who would have been? <laughs> well, I've seen that plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it, it would have been epic because the, uh, the standout from LaPelle back then. By the way, you can watch his son Brooks play. Brooks is going to be one of the major contributors for Chris Collins in Northwestern as a junior coming up this year. But um, he, it, it, um, it, always, it, it always ages me when, I, when we're talking about guys and I covered yeah. their dads. So, you know, it, it just, <laughs> I, but, but it, it's still pretty cool. I, I don't know if you're going to find a better shooter really, in this area in the state of Indiana than what Mark was. And obviously, I didn't see it because he's older than me, but I got to play against it a lot, and it didn't matter what age it was. I mean, he's probably as good a shooter now as he was, you know, really back then. It was an amazing thing to watch. Well, again, people think I'm, I'm exaggerating, but my 10 years at Anderson from 74 to 84, I'm telling you, the, the Madison County All-Stars, would have given the Indiana All-Stars a run for their money with the Troy Lewises and and yeah. Barnheiser and the Garys and Anderson or Highland and Rick Lance and Andre Morgan and all the guys that Norm Held had. It was truly amazing. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's you say it's things that things that stick with you, and you know, nine thousand people to wigwam every night. It was really great to watch and. I knew it was special then, but I didn't know quite how special it was. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 with us. Uh, we'll get into the Colts and the bye week in a second. I'm curious, did you listen to the Q&A at Colts.com with Chris Ballard that popped I, yesterday? I didn't. I did not need to tune it up and see what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, normally this time of year, and I thought he normally did it on Colts Roundtable with Matt Taylor, but he did it on Colts.com in a podcast with Larry Overton and J.J. Stankovitz. And, you know, it was just kind of – there wasn't anything earth-shattering. Earth um, obviously nothing regarding Shaquille Leonard. That's where I want to start with you because I don't know if we got to this last week. Maybe we did a little bit. Do you believe we're watching the final days after the bye week of Shaquille Leonard being in a Colts uniform? I sort of do, uh, and I thought it was reinforced by this past game where I just, I just, he looked, he looked a half a step slow, getting, and you know, and there was a, the the big miss on Ezekiel Elliott on on the screen pass, and it's probably unfair 
to pick out a play here or there with a player like Shaq, but that's where we are with his with his return and and he he's been he's been questioning his role. He's been asking for more time, and I thought this last game was was a better example of why he's not getting more time because more Shaq means less of EJ speed a lot of times, and that right now is not a good thing. So yeah, I, I just we have talked in the past about this about where this is going, and there, with his level of play now, it's it just doesn't you can't justify the expense next year. You just can't you can't do it. Whether he whether he will be asked to take a pay cut or whether they'll just move on, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just it's it's just so sad to see how this injury has robbed him to this point of being the player he was. Now, one thing I always hang on to about this is sometimes it's that next year back. It's not this year. Forget last year. Last year's three games was just nothing. So will he be all the way back next year? That's such a roll of dice on, on the, by the team when, when they've got other, other significant financial issues to deal with including extending in my mind uh, Zaire Franklin that guy that guy needs a new a new contract he just does uh, so yeah it, it's it's difficult to see where this has gone to but I don't know how they can roll the dice and say you know with another full year he'll be that much better I'm not sure how they take that leap of faith have the games this season, they're 5-5 five and five by week right now, and I'm not going to get into you know a lot of this dialogue we're certainly going to have for a long period of time this offseason, but has your thought changed on what is the first necessary approach this offseason to, to solidify, positionally speaking here? Um, I, I don't, has it changed at all? Is it no. you know, an edge rusher? Is it still wide receiver as we commonly talk about? Is it still there? Those two wide receiver, which which, which means re-signing Michael Pittman probably, or at least franchising him, and, and then still and then still getting another one. Uh, and I would prefer a, 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 a veteran guy at the right price, which is always difficult to do. I. I don't know that investing another second or third round pick is going to do what you need. You know, we again, we've I'm not giving up on Alec Pierce at all, but he's not been the impact that you really had hoped for. Uh, maybe he's a three or a four, not a two. He's not a two. He's not been a two so far. But yeah, they they, they need that, and then and then left tackle, they need to. Well, they can't. They can't. They they won't redo Bernard. Ryman yet, but then an edge pass rusher. I mean, I think it's really encouraging to see Dio come out the way he has. But you've got, it seems like you've got a bunch of really nice complimentary pass rushers with Quiddy and Samson Ebukam has sort of tapered off a little bit. But I, I would love to see a, a bona fide one. And that normally with where they are probably is going to take free agency. I, I, I don't know that they're going to be in position to, to get a guy and say, well, in a year or two. So maybe they're at the point that with that pass rusher, they're going to find the Justin Houston type of guy 
and reload every couple of years, which is frustrating, but maybe that's the way they do it. But no, it's, it's wide receiver and, and pass rush, you know, again, which we talk about almost every year. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline has the suspension of Grover Stewart. Has it uh, declined a, a value, a price tag for him coming up, or has it raised the bar on that without his presence and with you know, the relative ease in which we've seen teams be able to run? That's a good point. I mean, it's it, – it, it, the, the, the teams have rushed for like 154 yards with, without him in there. It's 113 with him. We knew that. I mean, everyone knew his importance. Uh, but again, it, it's. I, I, I think there, with a lot of guys, this may be. This is what we will pay you to come back to stay here. Whether it's with Grover, whether it's with Kenny Moore, Michael Pittman's different. He's just different because of his position. But, yeah, I, I, you could certainly make a case that, that Grover Stewart, his value to the team has been reinforced by not being here. So, But, but they're not, they're not going to pay, you know, over the top to keep him. I, don't, I just don't think they would do that. But maybe, you know, does he think he can get more on the open market after, after having a suspension? That suspension is going to be there. That's going to be part of the baggage that another team – Kids, I'd love to see him resign him. I'd love to see him resign Kenny Moore. I think Kenny Moore probably has more value to the Colts than he has on the open market. I just do. Uh, what do you do with Zach Moss? You know, I, I, I would bring him back, but but it's not going to be a, you know a, a sizable contract. So that, that, that's why I say with Shaq that they've got some issues that are significant, and this is the time. That you that you fill holes in in maybe free agency when you've got that quarterback on his rookie deal. This is when this is when you do that because you know in four years or so he's not going to be cheap. So, but but it's the same areas that they need help at corner. They just do these. You know, if Juju Brent, this has almost been a lost season for him because of injuries. Uh, they need help on the offensive line. It's it's the same laundry list. I was listening to someone about has there has the team's objective changed from evaluating the roster to now really making a push for the playoffs, and I don't know that it changes because that, that there's nothing you can do dramatically to say, well, we're going to change our approach because we got a chance for the playoffs. You're still going to play the same guys. You know, it's not like you can all of a sudden go to more experienced guys at cornerback. It's your same people. So I, I don't think that changes. It's just kind of interesting that all of a sudden they're, they're right there on the cusp of the playoffs. And, again, look at if you look at the schedule, they've got one of the easier schedules of all these contending teams. Buffalo's is really tough. Cincinnati's is really tough. But the Colts still have to take care of their own business to make it a reality. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I had the feeling that there's nobody in the NFL that has needed a bye week more, individually speaking, than Gardner Menchu this week for the Colts. you think that's true? Yeah. I, but, yes, but I, I just don't know what's going to change. It, it's, it's just this is sort of who he is. I think he's a little better than what he's played 
the last two weeks, but you can't sustain winning with 200 yards passing, less than 200 yards passing. It was 127 in one game. You can't do that. He, he, he's looked he's looked skittish in the pocket, although the, it was a pretty good pass protection uh, against the Patriots, I and mean, he just sort of bailed seeing ghosts, I guess. But if he, if he plays at a decent level, they've got a chance to do something over these last seven games. But we just simply can't expect this defense to get two pick sixes from Kenny Moore, to get three sacks from Dio and five in the first half. The offense has got to get out of this funk because, you know, they're just not good enough everywhere else. They can't be dependent on Matt Gay getting 55-yard field goals every other day, every other week, although that's what he's been doing. The offense has got to get things going. And until he gets going, it's going to be so hard to establish that run game with Taylor and Moss because people are just they're daring, they're daring Minshew to beat him. And he, to this point, he's not really done it as a starter. All right. I may have been a little bit unfair earlier this week because somebody had brought up Alec Pierce and said, hey, where he is right now, how much more did you expect? Is he a bust? And, and I did kind of play both ends of it because I don't know how else to do it. Did I expect more? Yes. But I also consider what he has had to work with, and especially with, with Gardner Minshew. It, it just seems like the only only guy that the Gardner Minshew has you know th- this real confidence in is Michael Pittman Jr. So how much of those lackluster numbers – Maybe even all those lackluster numbers you put on the shoulders of the quarterback situation regarding Alec Pierce. I, I think some. We, we've talked about how this changing of quarterbacks has really impaired or limited Michael Pittman's development as far in, in the deep passing game. But you can say the same thing about Pierce because that, that's really what he's been. They've been doing a better job at getting some underneath stuff and some crossing patterns. But he, he his, his forte is getting deep. And you know, winning those contested passes, and he's just not getting a lot of shots. Uh, you, you talk about Michael Pittman. Josh Downs has sort of stepped up too to be like the number two guy uh, in the progression. And you need to get the the, the tight ends more involved. But it's really been limited opportunities for Pierce. I don't think he's a bust. I just think he's in a difficult position to where they can really use him the way they would like to. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's a bust. I think he's got a chance with with Richardson next year of really emerging. But I, I was I've, I've been a little disappointed just in the overall productivity until you step back and see how this offense is not working in a lot of instances. Because you're right, it's, it's really been uh, Pittman and Downs. Although you know the injury has kind of slowed Downs a little bit. But to me, he's a, he's their number two option in the pass game, and right after that is almost Jonathan Taylor. So it, it's it's just not been favorable to Alec Pierce, but he still has to do more than he has. The sad part is he's going to have to do more with certainly fewer opportunities than the other guys get. Um, yeah, oftentimes, you know me, I'll be very critical of the decision-making and, and the decision-making of Chris Ballard. Um, I think fairly being critical. And on the other hand, we'll also prop up when he deserves to be propped up. 
And are we propping up now with 100% belief that he got that right at left tackle with Bernard Ryman? I think so. And again, and you know, and, and maybe what we're going to see from Bernard Ryman is he is Anthony Costanzo good. You know, not not top ten left tackle, but Anthony Costanzo. Yeah. AC was pretty good. I mean, let's, he was pretty good. It was kind of a shame that he never got a Pro Bowl in his career, but he was pretty good. If you if that is your floor for Ryman, then you're in a good spot. I think we've seen enough, and which is which is huge. We talk about coming out of this year, knowing where you are at certain positions to have a left tackle. It is we, we we've seen how how not having a guy paralyzes you, just paralyzes the offense. And I, I think it's it's not a leap at all to say he's your long-term answer, a left tackle. Now, you're, you're going to have to pay him like that, you know, after next year. You're going to have to say, okay, he's our left tackle. And then what are they, you know, that's yeah. another that's another cost. But I, I think we've seen more than enough from him to say he's the guy. I really do. Are you skeptical about uh, maybe Ryan Kelly and certainly Braden Smith? And their futures, you think, moving forward here after this not, year, is there not, any not, reason not to Braden, believe? Not Braden Smith. Uh, Ryan Kelly only because of his age. And I think he's got, a, he's got another year or two in his contract, probably another year. And uh, how uh, are you going to pay him, you know, starters money at whatever age he'll be? That'll be a tough call. I think he's, I think he's playing really, really at a high level now, really playing well after last year where it wasn't so much with all those guys didn't play well. So, uh, but I tell you, offensive linemen, centers, they can play for a long time. And if he's still playing at a high level next year, and again, I think I think Braden Smith is, is pretty solid. You're not going to mess with him. And if, if you believe Kelly's got another three or four years, then, then you do a contract that, that you know, shows that. And then the offensive line's in pretty good shape. Quentin's relatively young, you know, as, as linemen go. And you got Ryman, and, you know, I think Will Fries has played pretty well at right guard. So all of a sudden, your, your starting group is in pretty good shape. You still need depth. I think I think Freeland's played pretty well, considering you kind of threw him out there and said, you know, go play when these guys have been hurt with Ryman and, and Braden Smith. So the, the only short-term my concern with Ryan Kelly is the concussion. It's his second one this year. I think he missed two games this year with a concussion. I remember he missed five games three or four years ago. So, you know, with each additional concussion, you're concerned. But as far as his performance, I think he's playing top five at the position. And as much as we've always talked, as much as people say, well, you can replace with who? It, it, it's, you, you just can't fill all these holes on the run, so if you believe Kelly's got some more play in him, and I think he does, that's when you'd like to wrap up if the contract fits at the right time. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on with Jelani Woods? Uh, It it was certainly a... uh, If he didn't tear his hamstring, it was a near tear. I don't know. I mean, it's every time that, that, that Shane Steichen's asked, is well, he's progressing, and when he's ready, he'll be out there. Well, we're, we're you know, 10 games yeah. into the season. So if not now, then why would you expect something any anytime sooner? 
but yeah, it, it's just we you know it, we don't get much updates from Shane Steichen. That's just the way he is, and I've come to accept it, which is fine. Coaches don't like to give you any information because of competitive advantage and all that, which which is fine. But we still have to ask. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of like with uh, they didn't put Juju Brents on the. Uh, IR, which you thought maybe they would. You thought maybe they yeah. should have, in hindsight, put Braden Smith on IR because he missed four games. But they thought Braden Smith would be back quicker. Yeah, the Jelani Woods thing, it's just – I'm not saying they downplayed it because they didn't, because they really didn't give us any information. It's not like, well, you guys said. No, they didn't. They didn't say anything. But it's just persisted. It's obviously been a more, a more serious hamstring injury than what – I guess we thought it was, although again, what we thought is strange because we didn't, we weren't really working with much, much information. And uh, but yeah, it's, if not in the next week or two, why would you expect him back anytime, anytime in December? Hey, for a young building team, we do view a lot of lost seasons here. No question. Don't we? That's significant positions from, from quarterback to corner to everybody thought was going to be, you know, a, a big playmaking tight end. These are all lost seasons. Well, Ian, I would say, yeah, with, with Richardson is, is number one with that question. I think Juju Brins is number two. He, he's been hurt. You know, he came, out, he came off the wrist surgery and he's had a hamstring and I think maybe a shoulder. But And that's a position that you just need to play. And we've seen some things from him, but when you're not in there and not practicing, it's just tough. And but yeah, Jelani Woods is another one that has just missed significant time, obviously. And and he, he you, you you think you know what you've got, but when you can't get on the field or stay on the field, it's just tough to project. But he, he's part of the future. They all are. Uh, but boy, it's just to say, you know, a lot. I, I wouldn't call Anthony Richardson a lost season. Because he, he got out there and showed what he can do, and I think he really—if if there were any doubts in the building, I don't think there were. But if if there were any, he he alleviated those concerns that yes, he's the guy. And it's funny we were talking last week or the week before about Will Levis in Tennessee. You know, because remember he had the four touchdown game in his opener. Yeah. And then he and then he sort of came back to earth. Uh, and now he's going to be the guy. I saw today that uh, Ryan Tannehill wants out. So uh, things are not exactly going smoothly in Tennessee, which doesn't really bother me too much. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think at least the Colts, again, coming out of this year, whatever happens, they know they've got their quarterback. They know they've got their left tackle. Uh, I think they know they've got Michael Pittman. Uh, and they know they've got some building blocks elsewhere. Uh, other teams can't say that. Hey, Mike, one final quick thing, and then I got to hit a break. At five and four, maybe not the discussion right now, but are we a win or two away with Houston from discussing C.J. Stroud as an MVP? Uh, certainly a candidate, yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to hear the, 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 same, the same names. The, I was going to say Joe Burrow, but, God, they're not doing much. But the Mahomes, no, he's, he's, he's not in it. That. Allen's not. Allen's nope. not in it. So you're talking. You're talking what? Uh, Jackson, Mahomes, um, Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess Hurts would be in it. But no I, I just, I mean, I, I, there's there's room for him right now. Certainly. I think easily. Certainly, and you know, and remember that when the Colts played them, they 
they, they really kind of ex- exposed his, his, his yeah. inexperience. Well, right now, he's, he's probably, over these last seven games, he and Joe Burrow are, are the top quarterbacks they're facing. And I tell you, uh, C.J. Stroud might be number one ahead of Joe Burrow. So, yeah. no question. Now, there's, there's still more time to go, but he's at the very least, I guess, offensive rookie of the year. And and maybe more if if tennis if the Texans show that this just isn't a mirage that they got something cooking down there which I think they do. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. Hope you're having a great bye week as well. And uh, we'll talk at you next Thursday and a week from Sunday. See you back at Lucas Oil Stadium with this five and five team getting back underway against Tampa Bay. Mike, I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. Talk to you next week. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Love having him on the show as a guest, especially when things are going well for the home team, the Indiana Pacers. A little bit of time off until Sunday. The Pacers match up Sunday afternoon against the Orlando Magic. And then, you know, on the road in that in-season tournament game in Atlanta for a chance to go ahead and punch their ticket to uh, the knockout round. We'll talk about that and more with Bobby Marks from ESPN, the former executive in the NBA who's always kind enough with his time on the Andy Moore Automotive Group line. Bobby, welcome back to Indy. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? It's uh, incredibly enjoyable to watch this Pacers team. And you've been around this game for such a long time. People ask me all the time the expectations for Tyrese Halliburton or the ceiling, if you will, for Tyrese Halliburton. Where do you think that is in terms of the NBA hierarchy of elite players? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, coming off last year, you're you're waiting for him to take another step and. Uh, he certainly has. I mean, I think you go from, you know, can you be an all-star? And then you were looking at all NBA. And then certainly the, you know, the top is, you know, can you be a candidate for MVP here? And I think, I don't know if he's that there yet, but certainly how he's played, uh, he's playing at an all NBA type level. I mean, the assist to turnover ratio is off the charts. Um, what he's been able to do with this group here. And I think, you know, I think he, you know, where the record is right now, I think people forget they were – Indiana was pretty good last year before he got hurt. Um, they had a pretty good record, and, you know, things went a little bit south when, um, you know, when he missed a chunk of games here. But, uh, man, he, you know, it's hard to get those – as you know, if you're talking NFL language, you know, those franchise-level quarterbacks out there. And, and, and the Pacers have a franchise-level, um, you know, you know, point guard here um, that's, you know, under contract for the next – you know, including this year, the next five years here. And uh, he is certainly, uh, he's a, certainly a good one. I think he's a, you know, we'll see what happens when we get closer to, um, you know, the trade deadline and, and free agency next offseason here. But I think he's certainly a magnet for guys to go, you know, who want to play with him. That was my next question. Because I mean, this has always been an issue around here um, that, you know, it's, it's flyover. There's no ocean, no mountains, you know, a smaller market. And that, that has been an issue. Now, when, when they say, Hey, you win games, then sometimes that can help bring some guys in. But I mean, 
Can he legitimately attract guys that would not normally thinking about playing a couple of years or more here in Indiana? I think he can. You know, the hard part and what the challenge becomes is that, you know, free agency is a little bit different than it was in, in, in the past. You know, usually, you know, you, you know, you use cap space, you got signed players. Um, you know, nowadays it's more of like, you know, let me extend my contract with, you know, my current team. And then maybe a year from now I'll have to be traded. And you kind of just, you know, you build your roster that way here. But, um, you know, there's no reason why, um, whether it be, you know, either, in the, as I said, if Indiana goes out and makes a trade or, you know, goes out and gets another piece to add with him. I think, you know, there's, there's, certainly, there's certainly an attractiveness here. And I think we're, you know, yeah, I mean, certainly L.A. and Miami and New York and some of those marquee teams. But I think we're starting to get away from that a little bit here. We're starting to get a little more parity like we see kind of in the NFL where it doesn't really matter if you're in a – a big market city, if, if, if you're able to win and you have good players and you have a good front office, a competent front office like Indiana does, and, a, and certainly a Hall of Fame coach in, in Coach Carlisle here, that, that overshadows um, you know, a lot of things. So Bobby Marks of ESPN talking NBA with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, you, you saw the makeup on paper before the start of the season of this Pacer team. Um, what do you think about it now with a, a sample size of games under their belt and you know, especially most recently that road win in Philadelphia? Well, they've got an identity. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. I think when te- certain teams are still looking for it, you know, 11, 12 games in, um, they know who they are. They're going to basically going to try to run you off the court, uh, get up and down, shoot a lot of threes, get out and transition, fast break points. Uh, I think they can get stops when they when they need to here. Uh, they're deep. I mean, their benches. You know, I mean, we haven't even seen the rookie, uh, you know, Walker that much. Um, you know, you get Toppin in the trade here. Um, you know, Miles is still there. Buddy's here. Um, you know, you're pointing out TJ's. You know, trying to fight for minutes just because you've got so much depth at your point guard position here. Um, so they've, as I said, you know, they've. You know, the one thing is, you know, they didn't have much, you know, you get Bruce and free agency, you didn't have much turnover with this roster. And you've got an identity with this group where, you know, I, you know certain teams are trying to find it at 25, 30 games. Now, I mentioned, too, when I was bringing you on, we're in the midst of the, the in-season tournament. And you can help me out with this. I, I mean, it's great that the Pacers are winning. And, you know, obviously they put themselves in a really nice situation moving into – to next week with moving on to the knockout stage. I I don't know really what to think of it until I see it in the rear view and and have a chance to go over it and, well, was that enjoyable, whatever. What what do you think about this entire in-season tournament and, you know, what they're doing right now and what the end result is going to be? So far, do you believe this to be a lasting type of situation for the NBA moving forward or maybe not so much considering what we've seen to this point? Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I kind of bought in from the beginning just because I thought, you know, we're going to play 82 games and these are part of the 82 games. I know if you get to the finals, that counts as game 83. Um, there's a little more incentive in mid-November than there would be in, in, in prior years. I think it will be interesting how the league does it with the groupings. Um, you know, some of the groups are a little more stacked than uh, the others based on prior record. You know, do we go back to maybe just, um, you know, your, your, your division here? Um, but I, I, I do like it. I mean, I, it, it, you know, certainly there will be some games where you've got two 0-2 teams and, you know, really you're just using – you're playing for the standings here, not for the, the in-season tournament here. But when we whittle this down to eight teams and we get to a quarterfinals and we've got, you know, 
you know, four in the West and four in the East here. You know, there's certainly there's a monetary incentive here. I, I've said all along, and I know the league, you know, it's, you know, doesn't agree with it. You know, maybe we had a little bit more to it, and we said, you know, hey, you know, if Indiana wins it, they're they're guaranteed a play-in spot or a playoff spot here, where you incentivize it a little more from a team perspective and not just monetarily. So Pacers seven and four discussion. Bobby Marks of ESPN and more of the NBA. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Anybody that you have seen that maybe has been most disappointing out of the gate so far in this NBA campaign? Well, I mean, I think we're still, you know, you know, Golden State got out, you know, real strong, and then we thought, you know, hey, this could be the, you know, the, the Warrior team from two years ago, and. Yeah, you certainly, you know, outside of Steph, um, you know, that's been a disappointment there. You know, Clay has not played well. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been awful. Um, you've got now you got you lose Draymond for five games. Curry's out with the with the knee. Um, they've got I think Oklahoma City tonight at home. Um, I think they've been a little bit of a disappointment. I'm not ready to put, you know, Phoenix there just because they've had some injuries or even Milwaukee with, um, you know, with uh, Dame out and then Giannis out there. Um, those teams are tr- still trying to. Um, figure itself out certainly eclipse i mean i think we have to talk about the clippers as far as you know i think they were three and one before the Harden trade i think they've lost what six in a row right now can't win on the road um you can slip away from you pretty quick and they've certainly have gone all in with going out and getting hard into that add to that roster here um so i think we'll learn a little bit more and um you know we get to 20 um 25 games that's kind of gives you an idea of what um you know where teams are you know chicago I don't know about disappointment. I just think, you know, they're going to be at a point like they were last year where you've got to figure out what you want to do with Levine and DeMar DeRozan, some of those players. And I and I said it on a podcast earlier this week. I think yeah, outside of what Oklahoma City has been able to do in accumulating all those draft picks, if you want to not tear it down, and I hate when people say blow it up, you know, you got to blow up the roster here. If you don't want to tear it down and you want to retool, stay competitive, maybe it takes, you take a step back in a year – I think what Indiana did, you know, a few years ago when you swap out the bonus for Halberton and Heald, and then, you know, you, you, you know, you accumulate some draft picks here, you've got flexibility, um, and you still have good players around. Um, you know, you just don't have Halberton on an island by himself. I think that's kind of the way to do it. It's challenging, and it's hard. It's like threading a needle. But I think that's, that's probably, the, if you're Chicago, that's, that's probably what you want to do. Where does the Levine end up in your mind? Well, in this day and age, he's got, you know, four years and $170 million plus. It, it becomes a challenge because he's not a number one. Um, he's, two, he's a number two or three on a good team. And with the CBA, you know, if you're making $40 million, you better be a number one or, or, or solid number two here. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of, you know, do you want to just go out and get players? Do you want to get picks? I don't see teams – going out and surrendering multiple first-round picks. You know, it's it's harder to make trades with this collective bargaining agreement, especially if your team's like, um, you know, the Lakers. It'd be interesting for me if, like, this, a team like Orlando maybe dipped their toe in. Does a team like Detroit, who's kind of trying to figure out who they are. Um, you know, they're 2-10 and, and building through the draft. Um, you know, teams, um, you know, teams like that. I don't see New York. I don't see Philadelphia. I just don't see him fitting in there. Um, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's on the roster past the trade deadline. I think the Rosen will be interesting just because he has a year left on his contract. Bobby Marks of ESPN is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So even with losing two consecutive, how addition by subtraction was it 
for Philly to unload Harden to the Clippers in the fashion in which they did. And again, they've lost two straight. We have seen that to the Pacers and the Celtics, but still it you know, Harden goes out to LA. They're in a losing skid right now. It just seems like that that was certainly an addition by subtraction. Yeah, I mean, it just it removes the distraction. It removes the, the issue or the problem. Is James Harden going to play? Is James Harden at practice? How does he fit in with Tyrese Maxey? Um, you kind of have a blank, um, you know, blank slate. You bring in the you know, four players that you acquired in the trade. You've got, you, get, you recoup a ton of draft picks, a ton of flexibility moving forward, and, and they've showed that you know, maybe not at Boston's level, but they'll be one of the top teams, you know, two or three in the in the Eastern Conference here and probably one player away to go out and, um, you know, maybe make a trade at the deadline here. But And you you do it early enough in the season. I mean, we did it, they did it in late October here where you don't have to worry about it when you come to the trade deadline. Hey, could we see the Grizzlies be buried by the time Joss ready to get back? I think we could be. Yeah, I think you know. Besides the Morant suspension, and you've had you know, you've had some. I mean, you look at their injury reports, like seven or eight guys every night. Um, you know, two two wins here in the Western Con- Western Conference to bear. I mean, it really, especially if you get you know, you got Minnesota playing well. That was a playing team last year. You've got Houston playing well. That was a lottery team. And what happens is, you know, Dallas is certainly playing well. That was a lottery team. When you have those lottery teams playing well and have solidified themselves, it starts pushing teams, you know, to the back of the pack. You know, Memphis, um, you know, what happens with uh, New Orleans is another team. You know, Utah has struggled here. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, Jock comes back, you know, after 25 games, you know, are they 5-20? and 20? Are they, you know, are they 10? Even, I mean, 10 and 15 would be a good, uh, a good mark. But I don't even, I don't even think that's possible. You surprised with the Rockets at 6-3 and three out west at this point? A little bit. You know, I mean, Ime is a, a really good coach. You've got some, um, you know, adults in the room, um, you know, with Van Vliet and Jeff Green. And, you know, say what you want with yeah. you know, about Dylan Brooks here. You know, coming off, you know, with Team Canada and, and, and playing in Memphis in some playoff, you know, um, you know, tough bat- playoff battles. Um, you know, those are good influences as far as around your young players and your defending. I mean, that's the big thing. If you can defend in this league, get stops, um, you've got a chance in every game. So Bobby Marks with us. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you your impression so far. Again, very early sample size of Victor Wembayama with the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit uneven because I think they're trying to figure out how he fits. This is kind of almost like a trial and error year as far as, you know, they've, they've, they've tried, you know, Jeremy Sohan at the point, um, Trey Jones, who's your point guard, um, you know, is he, you know, playing the four next to Zach Collins. I mean, the first – Listen, the first four games were electrifying. I mean, the game in Phoenix where he went for 38 was off the charts. And now he's you know, kind of struggled a little bit here. Um, you know, I think you got to play him a little bit closer to the, to the basket. Um, you know, don't let him float on the perimeter here. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be special. I mean, I think Rookie of the Year is up for grabs. I mean, I think when you look at what Chet Holmgren has done in Oklahoma City, Asar Thompson in, in Detroit has been really good. I mean, really good. Um, I don't think it's a lock that Victor's going to win this thing. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen so far, it's going to be a work in progress. But from, from a lot of the good things are going to carry over to, to next year. Hey, I said 45 wins for the Pacers this year. That's up 10 from 35 a year ago, up 20 from 25 two years ago. From what you've seen so far, and again, sidestepping those potential landmines of injuries and such, is that doable? 
Definitely. You just can't go into you, and you've seen this a long time. You can't go in one of those prolonged losing streaks where you're losing four out of five. If you can, if you can hang around, you know, you know, six and you know, every ten games, six and four, seven and three. Eventually, it starts to stack up, and all of a sudden, you're looking at the standings. You're like, man, we're forty-two and twenty-five. <laughs> you know, like how do we get right. here? I think that's you know, if you stay healthy, as I said, you've got the depth to withstand. You know, maybe not Tyrese, but an injury here. You've got a roster spot. You've got. Um, I think about ten million dollars in cap space to you know maybe go out and do something here and um, you know it, it yeah I think it is doable as far as where that win total is. You mentioned your podcast from earlier in the week. What else are you doing with ESPN as far as the NBA is concerned? Yeah, we've got a rookie article out, uh, Kevin Pelton and I today that we kind of look at. You know, it's something we'll do each month, but it's a um, prelude to the top ten list here, and we kind of examine Victor and Chet and certainly Asar. It's a really good, you know, it's a defensive-minded rookie class when you look at, you know, with Asar Thompson, Kaysen Walls, Derek Lively, Jaime Jacquez in Miami has been really good. Um, yeah. So we've got that, and then you know we'll start working on some trade pieces because come you know December fifteenth, most you know most players who signed as free agents can are eligible to be moved. Yeah, that when you know obviously we're watching. I I don't know what's going to end up happening with Buddy Heald here, but I, I would rather see him. I'd rather see him stay. I just think I think that they have in support of their starting lineup a lot of the necessary pieces that you'll see the necessity of those on given nights. And when, when Daniel Tice, for example, in closing here, Bobby, when, when he was bought out, that's a bit concerning for me because I know that they don't now have, have four bigs and maybe you don't need them, but we've seen the Pacers need four bigs twice already this year. So that was a minor concern of mine. Yeah, you never – yeah, exactly. It's like almost having yeah. um, you know, extra relief yeah. pitching, right? Like you exactly. gotta, eventually yeah. you need a guy to yeah. gobble up innings in the middle here. Yeah, and we've seen it twice already in this short season. Hey, Bobby, I appreciate you as always. We shall do it again later on in the season. Enjoy the podcast and the work on ESPN. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Cue the band back at the studio, James. It's week 11. Larceny, Bourbon Locks, Luna, Azul, Tequila Shots. And a Colts bye week. We start later on tonight. One of the more entertaining matchups, at least on paper, on a Thursday night we have seen in the season of 2023. The Bengals and the Ravens, both losers. However, the Bengals have been more frequently the losing team than the Ravens this season. This is a must-win situation on the road for Cincinnati and Baltimore tonight. Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the three-and-a-half. Give me Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at home to basically put away a division rival before Thanksgiving. Brent. You know, when, we, when we've said it, that's exactly what's going to happen, right? I think because you've got Cincinnati, they're sitting at five and four. If they don't win this game, they're really looking on the outside even making the playoffs. Baltimore Ravens also coming off a loss, 7-3. and three. Lamar is 7-1 and one against the Bengals in his lifetime. I think they get it done here tonight. Uh, I'll take the Ravens, lay the three and a half, as always, by that hook, take Bob, a minus three. Bob Nunez, the president of Schulers. what do you got? Both teams need this. Um, the Ravens can't hold a lead in the fourth quarter. I think uh, they win, but they don't cover. 
There's a lot about that right there. There's a lot about that issue with the Ravens defense this year. Matt, what do you got? I got the Ravens. They need this win, and I think it's going to be a statement game for them. They just kind of need to project themselves to that next level of being an elite team in the NFL. All right, guys. Cowboys and Panthers also on the schedule. So last week it was like a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, the Cowboys over the Giants. That played out exceptionally well. Ten-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Carolina. Frank Reich is taking back the reins as the offensive coordinator. He is going to call the plays after a three-week offensive coordinator hiatus. He gets it back. That's not going to help. Lay the ten-and-a-half. Give me the Cowboys on the road, Brent. Hey, here's an interesting stat for you, John. Double-digit home dogs are 29-1, and covering that spread in the last 30 games. In the last 11 games... The, the uh, home dogs are 10-1 and one against that spread. I think that happens here. I think you, Dallas is going to win the game, but you've got a backdoor cover scenario looking here. I think uh, Cowboys win 26-17, but that means Carolina covers. Give me Carolina plus 10.5. What do you got, Bob? Prescott is not good on the road. So I think uh, Dallas wins, but Carolina – Carolina makes it uh, close, and uh, they don't. Dallas does not cover. I'm so with I'll you on that. Carolina. That is a big number if somebody's struggling on the road right there. Matt, what say you? Ten and a half's a lot to cover, but I think the Cowboys come away with it, and I think that passing game is just going to really be on point today or this weekend. And it's just Prescott's be, looked amazing. I mean, he's he the last really three good. weeks, he's, he's just, putting up 400 yards, four touchdowns a game. He's putting up MVP numbers. And I think he's going to continue to do that. Yeah. Now everybody's moved over to criticize Josh Allen and away from Dak Prescott, at least for the past couple of weeks. Leslie Bourbon locks, Luna's will tequila shots week number 11 within the AFC North, the Steelers and the Browns in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson done for the season or season. I should say in Cleveland, they right now one point favorites. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take that point. I'm going to take the Steelers on the road in Cleveland this weekend. Brent. Yeah, I think with Deshaun being out, I mean, he, he has looked good last couple of weeks, but he's just had, he's been injury laden all year. Right. And he just got $90 million to play, what, six games? So yeah. he's done. He's guaranteed. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it here. I actually like Pittsburgh on the road as well. I think this is going to be one of those low-scoring games. It's going to be a, decided by a field goal. I'll take Pittsburgh winning the game 16-13. to 13. You know, Belichick's a coach that you don't want to see looking at a young quarterback, particularly a first-timer. Tomlin's another one of those coaches. It's Pittsburgh yeah. all the way in this one. That's uh, Bob right there. Winshuler's spreadability. Matt, what do you got? I got the Steelers as well. Tomlin's never had a losing season, and I think he's just going to pull out the win here. All right, guys. Bears and Lions. We were talking about Detroit a little bit earlier, considering the type of season they're having. Installed the seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home at Ford Field against the Bears. Justin Fields is returning this week. Um, that would give me just a slight bit of pause because of the seven-and-a-half-point favoritism that the Lions are getting. But I'm going to lay that seven-and-a-half, take the Lions at Ford Field this weekend. Brett? You know, we've been we've been taking uh, Bob's Lions here for the last couple we of have. years, and they've been a covering they machine. Have. They're seven-and-two seven against the spread. They have the best against the spread record in the NFL. You're right. you got Justin Fields coming back. Uh, you know, we're going to see how that thumb is, right? It, it's hard to tell. He might have to knock some rust off. I still think the uh, Detroit Lions, I don't like this hook. That seven and a half, that, that half point always kind of scares you a little bit. But as always, I'd buy that, which I'm going to do. I'll take the Lions, lay the seven and a half, Detroit covers. Bob. This one started double digits. It's been bet down to seven and a half. But Fort Field's a tough place to play, and the Lions are on a roll taking Detroit. Do you have season tickets? No. 
Oh. Do you want season tickets? <laughs> I got a couch. I got a couch and a screen. It, it works. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Matt? I'm taking the Lions. I've been all in on Dan Campbell since he said he was going to bite the kneecaps off of other teams. That's been all in on that guy. So, Lions. <laughs> Week 11, Lushity Bourbon Locks, Luna Zula Tequila Shots. Three-point favorites, the Chargers on the road in Green Bay. Man, this is dangerous for me because you have an oftentimes disappointing team against a disappointing team this season in general. I'm going to lay the three. Chargers on the road at Lambeau. What take them, Brent? You know, this is a tough one here. Those Chargers, they're, they're hard to put a finger on. They, and, and the, the they Packers, should be so much better. They should be so much better. They They've got yeah. some weapons, but they're kind of they got that one receiver, Keenan Allen, right? And that's barely all they have. I tell you, this is a tough spot. I mean, I've uh, been on the right side of the last couple of weeks picking the Packers and against the Packers. I think this game right here, I think the Chargers could pull this out, but I think it's going to be a one-point slow game right here. So I think it's going to be Chargers 24-23. I'm going to take the Packers plus three at home. We got, Bob. Uh, weather's going to be nice up in Green Bay on Sunday, and I think that Charger defensive line is going to be a little angry after the Lions shut them down last week. I'm taking the Chargers. Matt. Taking the Chargers. I like Justin Herbert a lot, and with the weather being a little bit nicer, I just taking them. All right. I think that we're like a week or two away from C.J. Stroud, not just being mentioned as Rookie of the Year slam dunk, but in the MVP race right now at quarterback. That's the type of season, numbers-wise, he's putting up. And then you couple that with the effectiveness of, all of a sudden, of the Houston Texans. Texans, five-point favorites at home against Arizona. Kyler Murray was back last week. Lay the five, take the Texans, and next week at this time, we're going to be talking about C.J. Stroud in the MVP conversation as a rookie. Brent? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, he what he's come out and done as a rookie, John, is just impressive. And we talked earlier, he's making big names out of Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Noah Brown. He's got these guys, Kincaid, all these guys in the squad that are uh, really putting together for him. He looks great. Uh, I, I love him this week. I think, you know, like you mentioned uh, with uh, – Murray's back. You got uh, Connor back for the Cardinals. I just don't think their defense is going to be able to uh, hang with Houston here. Not only am I going to take Houston lay the five, John, that's the larceny bourbon lock of the week is the Houston Texans. Bob Nunez is the president of Win Shulers. Bob. We'll take Houston, although CJ is going to hit a wall eventually, but maybe not. I don't think this week. So Houston. What do you got, Matt? Houston as well. Right. CJ Stroud's just putting up too much, too many good numbers. Man, the Jaguars got the absolute crap beat off them last week by the 49ers. Um, and that was at home, too. Jaguars, seven-point favorites against the Titans. And we have seen, certainly, Will Levis kind of come back down to earth a little bit. You know, he came out of the gate big time. Um, I like his future in Nashville, there's no doubt. But if there's ever going to be a bounce back, it's going to be with this Jaguars team that looked really pathetic against the Niners on both sides of the football last week. Lay the seven points. Give me the Jaguars at home over the Titans, Brent. Yeah, the Jaguars, they were rolling until they ran into that buzzsaw known as the San Francisco 49er defense. And then the, and the Niners were on a losing streak. They so were on yeah. a losing streak, too, yeah. but that, you know, they've got, their defense is stacked. Yeah, Chase I think, Young I think this is going to be a good get-right game for Jacksonville, though. I really do. You know, you got uh, Tennessee sitting at the bottom of the division. They're 3-6. and six. Uh, You know, Levis, like I said, come back down to earth after that big uh, week one uh, came, that he came out in. And you got uh, Derrick Henry just not really doing it. He's not getting much done these days. I really like uh, Jacksonville to get right. Lay the seven. They win 24-16. What do you got, Bob? 
Tennessee starts looking for uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams, and so I'm taking the Jaguars. Oh, you think Tennessee and Caleb Williams? Or even uh, what, Derek May of Carolina? Any of those quarterbacks. A quarterback-rich draft coming up. It really is. You're not, you're not right. a Levis lover. They're, they're heading to the bottom. over there. Not I a don't think Levis lover. has got the deal. Oh, We shall see. Matt, what do you got? I got the Titans. I think uh, it's going to be a exploding game for the run game for the Titans with Derrick Henry. I think yeah. it's it's always late in the year. That's when Derrick Henry starts to become shines. Derrick yeah. Henry. Let me tell you All this. Right. If there's ever been a an ample description in week 11 of this list of games for a backdoor cover, we're going to be talking about it right now. The Dolphins at home, 13-point favorites against the Raiders. Um <clears throat> But I'm not going to do I'm going to lay the 13 and take the Dolphins. But mark the tape on this. I'm going to be so wrong because the Raiders are going to backdoor cover like you would not believe this weekend on the road in Miami. Brent? I think Miami comes out hot. They're going to come out hot. But you're right. This backdoor at 13 is wide open, right? Yes. And I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a little bit of Devontae Adams start to come up. He's had a, a really rough season. He hasn't done a whole lot. Started getting a little bit more activity last week. I think we're going to see Devontae come into play. I like the Raiders plus 13 in this one, John. I'm going to say Miami wins 31-20. Raiders get the cover. What do you got, Bob? What's the saying in the NFL? The other side gets paid, too. They do. Uh, I think uh, Miami's uh, great at home, but the Raiders love their new new coach, and I think the Raiders Miami wins Raiders cover. Well, they sure as hell hated their old one. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have taken anybody at that point in time. I like that pick, Bob. What do you got, Matt? I'm taking the Dolphins to cover. I think that Vegas luck's going to run out. And Dolphins 13's have, a big number, man. It's Matt. a big number, a but big they just number. have so many weapons out there. And down south, it's just a good, good team out there. Yeah, really Lars, well. Sydney, Bourbon Locks, Luna, Zool, Tequila Shots, Week 11. Brian Dable a year ago was living a life. I mean, there was a surprise. You're number one as a coach. Everybody was in love with him in the New York area. And this year, absolutely everything has fallen apart. They have looked awful. But the Commanders, eight and a half point favorites at home against the Giants. I, the Giants just look absolutely toasted right now. I'm going to lay the eight and a half. Give me the Commanders. Brent? Yeah, this is an ugly game. Probably won't touch this at all. But uh, you're, you're right. I mean, the Giants, you got Danny DeVito, right? Danny, yeah. Danny Tommy DeVito, whoever it may be, back at quarterback. Uh, I, th- I think the Commanders, they got a decent squad. Sam Howell's looked pretty good. He's putting up yeah. some numbers. Um, that eight and a half is just a big number in this big divisional game. But again, like you said, the Giants are flat. They look horrible. Uh, I think they're going to be in that uh, hunt for that quarterback race, too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go join you there, John. I'll take the uh, Washington Commanders, lay the eight and a half. What do you got, Bob? Commanders in an unwatchable game. Yes. Yeah, very unwatchable. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Commanders all the way. Niners, we mentioned that, too, in our largely bourbon locks and Lunas with tequila shots week 11 picks earlier. Off the snide, they were looking bad, losing streak coming off a bye week, and then all of a sudden stepped up big on the road in Jacksonville. At home inside the Levi's at 12-and-a-half-point favorites over the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, of course, a week later, will be the competition here in Indy against the Colts. Lay the 12 and a half. Give me the Niners at home because it looks like that they have, not just with those two ends defensively, a little rejuvenation going off of that win in Jacksonville last week. Lay the, or lay the points in this case and give me the Niners, Brent. I'm going to go against you here, John. I think San Francisco definitely wins the game, but they win by 7, 10 points, something like that. You're going to give me 12 and a half. I'm going to take it against the third best team against the spread with Tampa Bay sitting at 6 and 3, covering that number. They don't win the game, but they cover that 12 and a half Tampa Bay. 
Bob. This is the third double-digit spread on the sheet. I mean, that's just a lot of points in the NFL. This is it not is. college ball. I think San Francisco wins. Tampa Bay covers. I'm going to get backdoored to death this week. <laughs> hey, it won't be that. the first time, John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Matt, what are you all laughing about? Matt, what do you got? I like the Buccaneers. I'm, a, I'm from Tampa, so I'm a homebody with that. But also Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield, it's a good duo, and I just – Think if Baker wakes up feeling dangerous, I mean that's a new, that's a special Baker. Rashad that White has been running wild Rashad too. White he's has really been looked good very this year. Well, yep. But Mike Evans is questionable, so if he's playing, Bucks. If he's not playing, 49ers. Hey guys, Jets and Bills. Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, uh, fired in the Bills right now. Not anything like people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Far from contending from anything. They are seven-point favorites, and this really concerns me. However, I think you fire the OC, and it's not like everything was his fault, but I think you're going to get a significant bounce back from the Bills, at least for this one game. Bury the seven, give me the Bills at home with a new OC, and at least a little bit of enthusiasm in one game in one weekend. Brent? Yeah, I mean, how? I mean, the, the, the Bills, right, they came out just flat against Denver last week. Then they came in the second half a little bit. Then they get 12 men on the yeah. field after a missed field goal. They're making, stuff, they're making mistakes you do in preseason. They are making yeah. mistakes, but I think you're right. I think they get back. They get right here. They're playing the Jets, and I still just can't do the Jets with what their current layout is. I don't think the Jets have to do. I, I'm going to lay the seven here with you, John. Bills win 24-15. What do you got, Bob? Well, the Bills put 12 men on the field, and they fire the OC. I'm not yeah. sure how that correlates. but Maybe um, it should have been the special teams coordinator, yeah. But they're playing Iowa. Um, the Jets, all defense, no offense. I think they can uh, more than cover Good the seven. Big Ten reference right there, Bob. So well uh, I'm taking the Bills. What do you got, Matt? I like the Bills. I think the Jets' defense is very good, but this is kind of a make or break for the Bills this week. Yep. It's you win or you lose, and you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Going to end up being too much offense, I think, in SoFi with the Seahawks and the Rams. Seattle, a one-point road favorite. Um, I'll bury that one. Give me the Seahawks on the road against the Rams at SoFi, Brent, this weekend. Yeah, you know, Seattle sitting at 6-3. and three. The Rams are kind of struggling. They're 3-6. and six. They're on the opposite <laughs> side. you got Stafford coming back. you got a, you got a thumb injury to worry about to what's going to happen there. But they're at home. Again, that doesn't mean a whole lot when you're out in Los Angeles. I'm going to take the Rams here for the win, though. Give me the Rams to uh, plus, uh, plus one. Rams plus one. This is going to be all about what happens early in the game. If the Seahawks gets, get up, I think the, uh, the Rams fold. Um, but uh, so I'm going to take the Seahawks. Matt, what you got? Taking the Seahawks. I like Pete Carroll. Man, some of the inspiration with the Vikings so far this season has, has been fun, given their quarterback situation. And the Broncos coming off that win, as you mentioned, Ben, over Buffalo last week. Broncos at mile high, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and take that two-and-a-half and give me the Vikings on the road, Brent Halverson. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I mean, Josh Dobbs has just stepped right in and taken over this team, and he's put up some points. If you look at his last three weeks at quarterback, what he's doing with his legs through the air, he's just jumped right in. He didn't even know the guy's names two weeks ago, and he hopped in and got the W. Got out last week as well. Denver, though, Denver quietly, three wins in a row that yeah. they've strung together. Tough place to go out in Denver, uh, especially we got that sticky icky out there, right? Yes, so you maybe do. Minnesota, they, they get there a little that early. Minnesota? Uh, I think everywhere has it's it, but word, I think, yeah. I think we're the only ones that don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the uh, Denver Broncos, though. I think they cover this number. I think it's going to be a three-point, four-point game. Denver wins 24-20 
over the Vikings. Bob Nunez is the president of Win Schuler's Cheese Spread with us. Bob, what do you got? This is a Dobbs speed bump. And so I'm taking Denver. I think this is when Dobbs finally uh, comes comes down to earth a little bit. Matt, the general manager here at Taylor's Bar and Table in Ingalls. What do you got here? I got the Vikings. I like Dobbs a lot. He's been playing at an elite level the whole year. So we're going to continue that. Uh, we have saved the best for last right here. We got the Eagles and the Chiefs to end the week. Chiefs are three-point favorites in what could be the game of the year. There's no doubt about that. Um, here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to lay the three and take the Chiefs at crummy Arrowhead, but I'm going to go ahead and lock that up with my Larcity Bourbon Lock of the Week right there. So lock up the Chiefs at home, lay the three against the Eagles to round out week number 11. Brent? I'm going to unlock that lock, John. I'm, I'm going with Philly here. I think Philly is is the Kansas City. They, they you know they, they win games. They got Patrick Mahomes. They're always in it. They got Kelsey. Taylor Swift's not even in the state, so I don't. She's not going to be there for that factor. I think Philly goes in there and gets the W. Uh, give me the Eagles. I think 26-24. They get the win. What do you got, Bob? Well, we got the brotherly shoves against the Swifties. I love um, it. I think uh, I think the Chiefs are going to start to find their way. Uh, as they move toward the playoffs. And I think they're going to take the Eagles Monday night. What do you got, Matt? I got the Chiefs. I like Andy Reid. I think he's definitely not going to try to lose to his team, his old former team, and the Chiefs are just going to keep building away from this and probably go back to the Super Bowl. I like Nick Sirianni, too, especially in situations like this where there's going to be a big revenge factor. I mean, I think he's good at just with his personality motivating with that in mind. I just think the Chiefs this time of year, as Bob was talking about, start to hit that stride a little bit. I think Absolutely. you're going to see that. The end of the week and what could be the game of could, the year right Again, there. what a bookend, right? We start yeah. with a great game tonight. You come up here on Taylor's watch. Look at all these yes. TVs out here. You can watch all the games up here exactly. throughout the week. And then we finish it with the uh, Eagles and Chiefs. So looking forward to that. Hey, we didn't do our, uh, our Lunasville Tequila shot of the week, though, for what, fantasy. What do you got there? You know what? I've got to throw out. We just talked about him. Uh, he's out there. He's available in most of the leagues. Josh Dobbs. I mean, again, he's yeah. putting up some points. If he's out there, get him. He's going to well, get you Josh 20, Dobbs 20, is not playing points. this week, remember. Yeah, he is. Oh, Josh, yeah, he is. oh I'm sorry, Josh Downs. I was thinking of Josh Downs. Yeah, Josh sorry, Downs, I'm quarterback crazy. for the Vikings. I thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking about my mom's property burning down, man. <laughs> Josh, I was thinking of Josh Downs. He is definitely not playing because they're on a bye. He's not playing, yes, yeah. That is Josh, so Josh Dobbs as to why. Josh Dobbs, yeah. yep. I mean, he's available. Like I say, he's, you know, if he is still available, go out there and get him. He's yeah. going to – he looks pretty good out there, uh, you know, coming down the tail end of the, the year here. So, who you got? Who's your Luna's little shot of the week? You got one? Um, I don't have one this week. Don't have one this week. No, I no, I, I mean, I don't know. Cam's mad. He just slammed his phone down. You didn't have a pick. He was waiting on your pick, John. Did, did you have one here? No, I, I, there's nothing that really stood out to me. Like, Dobbs doesn't even stand It's getting stand tough, to right? I mean, much. that fantasy in the world is kind of, you know, there's all kinds of guys well, that have been picked through. It's going to come down to, uh, you know, again, you're going to have to find one of these guys on the wire to uh, go into playoffs. Yeah, and, I, like, I've utilized the waiver wire so much with my team that is so bad so far this year, and it seems like nothing really ever works <laughs> right now. <laughs> I've tried and tried and tried again, and nothing really is working. You know what you need to do, John? Go home, get yes. yourself a, a larceny and ginger ale, There's right? There's no question. Bring about six of them. No question. Get on that waiver wire and go wild. Let's see what happens.